and welcome to American Riviera Bank's Regional Pulse. This is Lori Murray, Senior Vice President and Residential Lending Manager. Today I have Nancy Hamilton with me. Nancy has been a successful agent in the Santa Barbara area for 28 years, closing over $100 million in volume year after year as part of the Calcagno and Hamilton team. Nancy grew up in the Mississippi Delta, and while the South is in her soul, Santa Barbara has captured her heart. She met her husband, Michael, at East Beach in Santa Barbara. They have three daughters. Nancy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Lori. Today we're going to talk about South Coast, Santa Barbara, Central Coast real estate since the beginning of COVID. Um, a lot has changed in our environment, and I'm sure you're seeing a lot of volume. Um, can you talk to us about what you think has happened in our market since, and the national market since um, the beginning of COVID in, I guess, what, end of yeah. February? Well, I think we were all, um, COVID was a, an event that no one was expecting. And I think whenever you feel or humanity feels uncertain, they're going to go straight to what they feel brings them stability. So I think it was in May that we started feeling a real rush into our local area. Um, it was really from the big cities, from Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, cities that were feeling a lot of pain because of COVID, because of the restrictions, because of their just having to quarantine. And, you know, someone told me, they said, you know, taking my child out and having to clean the elevator each time I go out of a high rise and each time I go in is becoming very daunting. So I think people that could immediately thought, I want to feel connected. I want to go home. I want to feel stable. And there's nothing more stabilizing than nature. And I think we're very fortunate in this area to be so connected to it with the mountains and the ocean. You know, you have a freedom to walk around here. You can get around. You can be in the fresh air. So we had this influx of people coming in from the city. This started around May. And um, our market, you know, we live in a place where it's, I always compare it to Monaco in France. We're sandwiched by mountains and oceans, so we only have so much inventory. And the amount of people coming in were more than the inventory we had. So our supply and demand got off a lot. Our sales were up over 50% the first month. Um, we The demand was well over what we had as far as inventory. Nationally, I know that the market had gone up about 10 to 15%. We were going up about 50% as far as supply and demand. Our prices, I think they're up about 20%. They're going to be higher when all of this, you know, comes down. But um, there are two sections of the market that we're talking about. The lower end market, which are conforming loans, were being driven by interest rates prior to COVID. The luxury market, where people are repositioning money, they're wanting to get out of the city, go into somewhere like Santa Barbara. You see this in Jackson Hole. You see it in the Hamptons, where they can feel at peace. They can have that connection to nature, be able to move freely. Those are the markets that took the really big increase. How has COVID affected how you have changed marketing your properties? So the first thing that happened with COVID is that no one can, you know, obviously we can't go into properties. Sellers are very sensitive to that. Tenants are very sensitive to that. So, and if you, the, it's been a, an advantage for a seasoned agent. It's been a disadvantage for a new agent because I already am aware of the inventory. I've probably seen a lot of these houses before. So that's where I'll go to knowledge is very helpful. So as these people are rushing in trying to get houses and there's multiple offers and we can at least explain to them through our knowledge, you know, if this house, are you chasing a house? Are you chasing a price? Is this an erratic purchase or is this a very stable purchase? Um, 
knowing the local market, there are things that have happened in our local market in the past few years with high fires and floods. So there's other things to consider when people are rushing in and they go, I just have to have a house. So we have to try to explain to them, you know, one of the houses that someone made an offer on the first insurance quote we got because it was in a very high fire, it was $300,000 a year. So those are things that if you're coming in from Chicago or New York, you're not aware of what's gone on in our area. So that's where I think knowledge is very valuable. So the tools that we've been using, obviously, are through the Internet. I mean, we're being a lot more marketing online, a lot more um, video as far as being able to walk some through, someone through a house so that we're not interrupting people during COVID that are sensitive to being in the home. We talked about what's driving the market, high-end people trying to move out of expensive areas into an area where they can be in nature and see that. The low-end has also been moving. Um, we talked a little bit about that, that we think that in, you know interest rates are a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. What are we seeing as far as inventory on the lower end? Is there... Absolutely. Uh, it's so tight. I want to say it's... It's the tightest I think I've ever seen it. I remember back when this happened in the early 2000s when we had a rush on the market and people were writing. I remember writing offers on the hood of my car, just trying to get them in. Um, I cut, My kids call it FOMO. You know, we all heard that fear of missing mm -hmm. out. I think people are so trying to get into real estate and take advantage of the interest rates because in an area like ours in you know, Southern California where houses are incredibly expensive, there's a window of opportunity where you qualify. And so people are really trying to take advantage of that, getting into something so that they can lock a rate in. And actually, usually right now, it's just about as affordable to try to buy something as to rent something. Because our rental market also, with the rush of people coming in from other areas, our supply is just so limited. The demand has gone up. So the prices on the rentals and the prices on the purchases have gone up quite a bit. Yeah, it's been an interesting time as far as on the financing in COVID as well with um, just appraisals and trying to get appraisals <laughs> completed. I've had appraisers <laughs> calling me because they know that they can't keep up. They just call and they say, can you help me with this? Can you know?" In fact, I remember I had an appraiser call me on a luxury market item, and I told them a number that I thought was really high because I knew what was happening in our area. I know that, that we don't have any supply. And then I see that it actually closed for $7 million more than I told him. <laughs> so, you know, he was trying to keep up. I'm trying to keep up. I think it's very hard right now. Um, to understand what's going on. But now the, the truth of the matter, which is very comforting to me, is that the height of the market of this frenzy was probably late August. August was crazy. And you had a lot of closings in September. We now are feeling a more stable market. Um, we still don't have enough inventory, but the sales and the inventory, are, they have slowed down a little bit. There's more of a stability feeling in the market. I think buyers are that rushed because of that uncertainty in the cities are kind of, grounding down and saying, okay, I may not live here, but I'm going to take my time going somewhere else. So it's a better, it's a, feels a little bit more normal. Normal is, is <laughs> subjective, <laughs> even though prices are probably up about 20%, it feels more normal. Yeah. It's, it's been, um, just such a, such an up and down year in so many ways. And it's the interest rate piece has been a really interesting part of that because people are rushing in because financing is so inexpensive, yet getting loans right now is not for the faint of heart. Um, the requirements, um, especially for self-employed borrowers, has been really tricky as far as trying to continue the verification of their stream of income. Oh, and, I bet, yeah. Um, verification that they have jobs, that they still have jobs up until the day of closing. The qualification has been um, 
has been different under COVID than we've seen in years. I feel like I'm also too back to the kind of the, that time that it was harder to get financing. Um, but fortunately we are able to make it work um, through, if not, you know, if not through conventional channels, through portfolio lending and other products that, that the bank can, can help with. And that brings me kind of into just that local knowledge and wherever people are, uh, local knowledge seems to be key. You, again, you've seen a lot of these properties in the past. Um, what else can you recommend for people when they're coming to um, the Central Coast as far as um, finding, uh, you know, finding people to work with and how that affects um, the price that they ultimately pay up for a property or the conditions that they see as far as um, we talked about high fire danger or high fire um, policies and what that, how that in affects what we what, do what you guys yeah do. I feel like we're becoming more advisors than just agents and I think I would love just to be an advisory I think that's where real estate should move um, and when you're coming in from another area I really am not particularly knowledgeable of like uh, snowstorms and how that would affect someone and we were I was laughing with an agent in Tahoe Tahoe who said everyone rushed to Tahoe that was in San Francisco and they were buying but they have no idea when the snowplow doesn't show up how it's gonna feel and so I think, you know, in order to help people to really get adjusted and understand what they're doing, you have to have that connection on what's going on in your local community. And what and, and with climate change, whether you're a proponent or not, it's very it's happening all over California, and that's affecting insurance, affecting cost of housing, affecting where people want to live and where people don't want to live. So um, it was interesting because right before all this happened, we had this bulk of huge estates that weren't moving because... Uh, the past 10 years, there's been a movement into the cities because the younger generation has said, I don't want to just live in some big house. I want to be connected. I want to be connected to my, you know, I want to walk. I, I, don't, I want to bike. I don't want to be doing, living behind gates. I don't see the value in that. And all I could think of was, how are we going to move these big houses? And it, the blessing, I always look at the bright side of everything, is that these people that were in these big homes, those are moving because now people are thinking, oh, my, my kids are coming back. They're going to be living with me. I need a home office. I might need a home office for my whole business because we're working from home. We're working through Zoom now. How long is this going to happen? Will it happen again? So there's been benefit to understanding the market because before people would come in and say tell me if this is a good purchase and I go I don't see the benefit in that purchase because I don't see the exit strategy and now we're seeing more exit strategies in some of these other markets that weren't moving before um, the biggest thing yeah, in California is to understand our environment because it is important I mean we do have things like high fire we have colluvium soil that slides and those are things that if you're coming from somewhere else, you do want an advisor to advise you on so that you don't end up with something that you don't have an exit strategy on. Um, the market, I don't see any downsides in it's definitely purchasing anything, what we call the lower end. Our median sell house, um, our average, which is certainly not in the nation, but the average price for a house in Santa Barbara now is $2 million. That's a big entry level for someone. The median is 1.3. So when people come in, I don't see, I always say if you buy the low, I don't see the downside in that and locking it into the lower interest rate. So that market to me is just the best investment you could be making. Whether you're from here, you're coming to live here or not, uh, I have a lot of larger clients who are now just buying units because they see that in Santa Barbara, we have kind of a no growth policy. That's why everyone loves it because it doesn't look like LA. We haven't spread out. It's so beautiful. Um, but at the same time, there's not enough housing and it's a wonderful place. So 
a lot of people are putting think tanks together, figuring out it's very hard to build. Um, I know someone that built um, a project and it took 20 years to get entitled and to get it built. So a lot of people aren't going to come in and do that. So how do you rethink Santa Barbara? Do we take some of these commercial buildings? Do we take some of this uh, areas downtown and do mixed use? And are we going to come in and create more housing for these young people? Because young people are, the, are create the vibrancy. You don't want just a retirement community because those are the people that are you know, working in the restaurants and the nurses and the teachers. And so how do you make the community better? And that's with these people thinking outside the box in real estate. And those are the things that we have to be aware of when we're advising people coming in. I'm so glad you brought that up as far as kind of workforce housing. And um, we, you know, typically it's people maybe driving from Ventura or Fuelton. Mm -hmm. And that was how people would commute and get to Santa Barbara and go into those other communities but we, the interesting thing is also too now with COVID, more people are able to kind of work remote and it's kind of building housing now that's gonna fit whatever the future of work looks like. Mm -hmm. There's um, a lot of employers, you know, kind of in town that are trying to figure that, that out. Um, I do a lot of work with Coastal Housing Partnership, I'm on their board and it's trying to give that incentive to get people to Santa Barbara to help work there. So the idea that downtown, which has been languishing with retail, can mm -hmm. be transformed into a new um, live space, live workspace is exciting. And I think that there's so much potential downtown for that to happen. Yeah, it'll look like Europe. I think there's. I think the best thing that ever happened was COVID. Again, the bright side of COVID is mm -hmm. the outdoor cafes and you're strolling down State Street. and. I was down there on Saturday and I noticed that they have the, I don't know if you've seen it, but they have all these architects that have put together visions for State Street. Mm -hmm. And they are, you know, going upstairs like you would if you were, you know, in Paris or somewhere and you're going to have housing above with your cafes down below. And it's just going to make it an even more valuable area to live in. You know, I, those are all really positive things. The um, bank is also a part of the Central Coast. We have branches up in Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo and uh, likewise, markets up there um, are crazy busy um, with people moving in from other areas. Uh, much like what we talked about, it's just it's that lifestyle and it's the ability to be mobile and to work from another area. And you are seeing that that all throughout California, even though you know people are saying they're moving out. I mean, they really are still drawn to our climate, and it doesn't matter where you are. If you're in Santa Barbara or Paso Robles, you're still going to experience what that California climate and the benefits that we have here are. Yeah, I think you, I think people woke up, um, my feeling even before COVID, people were starting to sit and think of what they value. And that's why for a while, I think it was driven the biggest states, people were going, well, I really value being connected. I want to be in touch with my community. So people were moving more urban. And then with COVID, I think you sit and you're sitting in your urban area and you're going, do I value nature? Do I value being with fresh air? Do I value uh, being not in my car five hours a day? And so those things are transferring or transpiring and coming into these communities that are smaller. And I think it's going to be really helpful. It's been, the COVID has been, it's been interesting um, on the banking level. We've had, we were considered essential employees. So we've been working day and night through this with the PPP loans first. And then obviously the just all the, how busy real, residential lending has been um, with the activity in the real estate department and the low interest rates. And I, my takeaway is just the good part of 
there really has been a lot of good with COVID. Um, not obviously not for the people, the how scared people are, um, but just for slowing down a little bit and really being able to appreciate the environment that we have here on the Central Coast. Where do you see as things kind of come back a little bit, hopefully there'll be a vaccine and people can feel more safe in their environments again. Where do you, what is that? What do you see that as far as that impact on real estate at that point? Um, I think people here for the long haul or yeah yeah that's a really great question I know I think that uh, that's a great question people have been asking I have a daughter that went to Columbia New York and so she's always asking her friends will you stay and no one really feels comfortable yet moving back Um, my thought process is you can come up with a vaccine and there will be another issue and (laughs) so you have to decide what's important to you and what you value in life um, the good thing about our area is I always look to see what people that are maybe smarter than me or more worldly than me are doing. And we've had two, two not two, but probably five major cells in the area, one for 60 million, one for 30 million. These are people that can live anywhere in the world and they're choosing to come in this area and invest in this area. So that's one side of it. Um, I think most people would love to live here. It's just an affordability issue. Um, I actually think that that can be a positive because it will make people, uh, someone who works in my, on my team has bought in Buellton to raise her family because she said, you know what, I can still get here. I can still work part of the time. And that's also a lovely area. So those places will actually benefit from people saying, you know, I'd like to come there and, and get into your community and help with your community. Um, you know, I, history repeats itself so I think eventually you know the pendulum will swing back and people will find I mean diehard New Yorkers are not going to live in New York they're going to stay and they're going to figure it out um but I think it's something that needed to happen it needed to I'm one of those people that need to shake people up and wake them up to what was really important I mean you know if you are raising kids do you want to raise them where they are free to walk outside and how stressed are you are you just working at such a nonstop that you can't breathe and you can't I think the whole breathing thing was something that was very important because people were just kind of gasping just going through the motions and it made us all kind of stop for a while and so I think that it also brought up different ways to work like you're saying everyone's not jumping on a plane and flying across country constantly and that's better for the environment they're actually now able to work through a computer and do and see the productivity so the big companies are seeing the productivity People are able to be with their family more often, have more downtime. So that is the positive. So I think that will continue. I don't know how the, you know, I think that our market will continue to be very desirable. And, um, but things that are of value, of value for you, you pay for them. And I think that, you know, we find a lot of value in this area. So I think that's why, you know, it's worth more. And that's why it's more expensive. (laughs) So Nancy, you mentioned um, that we've seen a few really kind of large sales in Montecito or in the Santa Barbara area for um, during the COVID crisis and a lot of bigger estates have moved. I, I know we've heard about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle moving to town. Mm-hmm. Are there any other notable sales or anything um, fun in your side that um, properties that you've gotten to see that you wouldn't have normally been able to see or people coming to town that are, you know, any interesting stories about um, what you've seen over the past few months? Well, it's funny because I've seen a lot of these people and I don't recognize them always. I think I thought one of them was the barista at Coffee Bean and she was a very, very famous actress. Um, 
You know, there's people that really believe in the community, and so everyone knows that Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi are here, and they have sold a couple of huge estates recently, and they've also privately bought a couple of them. They, I think it's wonderful. They believe in the community. Um, they've also bought a few, and I think they have wonderful design eye, and they've sold them. One of the person was Ariana Grande, which people know, and I, I don't follow that, so I usually don't know these people, but everyone gets excited. Uh, I think the thing about... Santa Barbara Montecito it's really lovely is um, while if you're Oprah I went to the San Ysidro Ranch one night I was the only person sitting there that wasn't famous <laughs> and the beauty of it is they come here because people don't gawk and they don't care as much I think the people that come here my daddy used to say now Nancy you sell sunshine right <laughs> and I go I guess so dad and he goes now why are they paying more for it in Montecito than they are Galita I don't understand you know so I always laugh because I think people come here for the sunshine. They don't come here because they want to see be famous or be seen. And that bodes very well for those type of people coming in. And I think a lot of, like I said, it's a very, very valuable thing to have this type of climate and this type of topography, the sunshine. So you also get a lot of people that are, you know, the higher than 1%, the billionaires coming in. The Palmer Jackson estate just sold for $62 million and... Uh, that was a big buy. Solana, which was bought by um, Eric Smith from um, is it Google, uh, was bought for $30 million. That was a big sell. So, And then I was with a um, colleague yesterday, and he handles the ranches, and he said the ranch market has just been on fire. And we asked, was it, you know, some of it used to be due to cannabis because a lot of companies were coming in. And he said that's really slowing down. They're not giving permits anymore. A lot of this is just people going, I want space. I want to invest in California, in the land. And so that's been a very um, good market also. That farm, that Jackson property had been listed for four it, years? Uh -huh. I don't know. Um, before it finally sold. It so. was over $100 million originally, yeah. So I, I think Someone he got, got a great a deal. I actually think he got a huge bargain. I do. I think that was a great purchase. Um, it's a beautiful piece of property yeah. with some pretty iconic buildings on it. And mm -hmm. I had the privilege of, of being there a few times. And it's a it was a special property. Really special, yeah. Yeah, those are jewels. And I think people that are looking for those jewels, you know, that can afford them, that was a great purchase for that person. Well, very fun. I know we, I, it is interesting when you're walking down the street and you see someone and they're kind of familiar. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, my office is right on Coast Village Road, right next to Honor Bar. And so we pretty much, they walk in front all the time. And <laughs> someone actually walked into my office recently and I do have an NDA, so I can't tell you. And they picked up a brochure and they said, can I see this? And I had no idea who it was. And we ended up selling the house, and my secretary was just going crazy. She was going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so um, that's fun. I mean, that is a fun part yeah. of the market also. No, it's, that's, I do miss that. Um, and we'll look forward to non-COVID times when we can go back out on caravan and can get to see some of these amazing properties. And um, it really is kind of the, such a fun part of what you get to do every day and yeah and I wonder if that's gonna that's a good question I don't know how that's gonna trans you know if that's gonna change or if that's gonna transform our business a little bit because I think some people have really enjoyed not having I mean open houses were fantastic but they were also a place for all your neighbors to come see your house yeah. and so some people never really liked it and now people are going this is great now you video tour it you vet the buyer before they come 
I don't have to waste time cleaning up, figuring out if this is a looky-loo, my neighbor wanting to see how I decorated my house. So that's actually streamlined it a little bit. And I'm curious if that's going to continue. I don't know how people are going to receive us going back if we do start going back to, I mean, caravans are one thing for the agents to see the house, but the open house, um, you know, some people loved it, some people didn't. Yeah, for sure. I know we're doing a lot more prequels and pre-approvals than we ever did just because of the changing market. So that's definitely been a huge um, increase in what we do on a daily basis. Well, a lot of sellers are now requiring that you they have you are pre-approved and they see funds before you can enter the house, which seems like a lot of work, but if you think about it, it's streamlining the process. Oh, I'd much rather have someone come to me that I have been working with than you know than when they come in and say we're in escrow on a house we need to close in you know twenty days and we don't know if we can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's that is one thing that I've actually really enjoyed. Yeah been nice on our end as well well thank you so much for being here today nancy um if somebody wants to get in touch with you and your team how what's the best way to do that well my team which is a great team we're located at 1255 coast village road right between honor bar and janine's everyone knows those as the two staples on coast village road um and we have a wonderful office you can come in it's decorated like a living room my team and i decided that we wanted to be connected to our community. We wanted to be somewhere where you could come and sit down and learn about us, get to know us, because buying a house is a situation where you really want to trust your advisor. Um, so they can call at Cogno and Hamilton or stop by and see us. Great. And if you want to learn more about the residential lending programs at American Riviera Bank, you can find more out about us at www.americanriviera.bank.